Welcome to the Relationship Revolutions podcast with Alan Watts, the love engineer. The world needs more healthy, loving, and lasting relationships, yet school does not teach how to attract, build, and keep them. G'day and welcome to the latest episode of Relationship Revolutions, where today I'm joined by Mr. Jonathan Smith and always start with this similar questions at the beginning who are you well obviously you're Jonathan what are you and where are you um what am I um well I'm, I'm in Evesham I work from home this is my home office um in Warwickshire England and I run a networking business that's sort of the key thing that uh, keeps me busy nearly pays the bills and that's uh, it's all about arranging a whole range of events so that uh, we can bring people together to build their local communities and relationships. Excellent. And I detect it's not a um, Evesham accent that you have there. No, um, my my parents are Brummies, but I didn't get their accent from them. Um, they uh, emigrated to Southern Africa. Um, well, they went backwards and forwards a few times and eventually uh, on one of the journeys down there um osborne so uh, I, I grew up in south africa and so you grew up there did you emigrate back over here when you'd grown up or um or did when you were still a child or at what point did you come back over uh we did a briefly we did two years in the uk when i was 10 11. um my father came back he was at birmingham university he got another degree he was his teacher and so he had a, a chance to come back to the UK with the family. So we, we did that. But I moved here, um, you know, when I was early 20s, um, mainly because the South African at South Africa at the time was in the middle of a, uh, what was still in the apartheid era, um, pre the revolution. And uh, they were calling up foreign nationals to go and fight in their army. And I turned down the offer. And so they asked me to leave. If you don't want to fight that for us, that would be a good reason leave. to leave. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So what, what, when you came up over here to to live, what? How old were you at that time? I would have been twenty three, twenty four. That's a yeah, young twenty. So I'm guessing it's twenty three, twenty four. Uh, you've come over with, and your parents stayed back over in South Africa. Yep. Yeah, I was independent. I'd left home. Um, when I was about 19 I'd sort of worked and then been moved to uh, from we lived on the coast and I was moved up to Johannesburg for work and so I'd been looking looking after myself I just got married so my wife's from England so she came down with her parents we had met and married and so we had our first anniversary back in the UK excellent so when you both came back over here did you set up your own business straight away uh no um well there's a yes and a no in order to again at that time it was difficult to take any funds out of south africa so um i'd brought goods with me to sell so i literally got on a bus or a train went to london walked around the uh, department stores of london with uh, sort of lovely woven south african goods and sold them and uh did that for a little while just keeping some cash going but did end up yeah I got a job yeah. with somebody there which then led to me meeting the company based in Stratford-on-Avon 
who offered me a job, which brought me to this area, which where we bought our first home, and has sort of been in the area ever since. And it's kind of around that time when you were working for that um, company. Um, I'm going to hazard a guess at Pink Connect because that's what your email address used to be when we first met. No, long before then. Um, long, ah. There's a company called Troika um, who don't exist in the UK. I think they, they have a business in Germany still. Um, but if you're anywhere near Stratford, there's a, a, an awards trophy manufacturing business called Special Effects. Um, that's what the, they, they are now. Um, very successful business there. Um, so I was with them for probably not even a, probably about a year. Um, and then they had various challenges and uh, I was last in, first out. And uh, that's when I started our first business. So it's doing basically what I was doing for them, but uh, decided to do it for myself. How did you go from that into running, shall we say, one of the bi biggest local business networks in the area? Um, well, Talk Business, as is now known, is probably venture number three. Um, so we had a, a, a giftware and design and manufacturing business, which we based in Jewelry Court in Birmingham, ran that for 10, 12 years. Um, it paid the bills, did everything it could, but it never, it never scaled. And so the, the challenge was, is our house always going to be a warehouse? And uh, should I do something else? So opted to go then into financial services. So I joined an insurance company and eventually trained up to becoming a independent financial advisor. And again, that was probably another 12 or so year stint um, doing that. Um, and then the financial crash of, uh, sort of 2008 put paid to the area of work I was in with that. And so the money stopped. Um, and it was about that time that I started doing the uh, networking. And that's what started then as the Stratford Business Forum. Yes, I remember I remember those days well. So having, what's that, almost 15 years of running networking events and connecting businesses and connecting people, we get into the reason I wanted to bring you on to this um, podcast, because it's all of dating and relationships is all about relationships. And what you do is also all about building relationships. And I see so many similarities between the two. As young guys, they go, a lot of them go out on a Friday night or whatever, or they certainly used to before the internet thing came along. They see a girl they want to meet, and they're very, very nervous. It's that same thing with a lot of entrepreneurs or business people. When they walk into a networking event, they see potential clients and whatnot. But a lot of them are too scared to speak to anyone, let alone stand up for that infamous 60 seconds and say, hey, come and date me in the business sense. So for anyone who might be in that situation, how would you suggest to overcome that? Oh, um, well, the first thing is to realize that everyone there is in the same position. So um, they're all looking for new partners in that sense. Um, and so, and everyone's keen to meet you because they want to know who you know. Well, first of all, they want to see if 
you are someone they could sell something to if that's always sort of the the quick win could you be a customer um the second quick win is could you be a supplier because often people do go to events looking for local trusted suppliers and then it's who knows who um and uh, i've always tried to sort of put out you know, if people want to meet someone it's put it's to ask the question who knows who rather than saying i think you're going to be my customer say don't even mention the fact that they might be your customer but they might know someone who could because the whole thing that i find with this is especially in the smaller groups where you know there's limited people in a room or the current groups where it's of people everyone does their own does a different role those people are there to remember you when the opportunity arises and they somebody asks for a, a product or a service um other networking events where it's a big room full and it's a bit of a free-for-all and you've got to go and you know the, the more the cold call type of uh, event um generally i'd recommend to people hover around the coffee machine hover around the uh, food and cake stand um or also look for the other person who's looking the most uncomfortable in the room and uh, just go and say hello to them. Um, help people pour the coffee, hand out the cake. Suddenly uh, you're popular if you're the one with the, the tray of food in your hand. Well, the, the coffee stand is always uh, always a good kind of place to be and or by the bar a lot of the time. Trouble is sometimes then you end up um, having these pretty girls come and say, you're going to buy me a drink, you're going to buy me a drink. No. In the, in the business networking world, um, people are there to meet people. It, it's not. Yeah. It's not like a. You know, if you if you go down the high street and go into a pub, people are there for a drink or for meeting their friends or for doing something else. So you're not yeah. cold canvassing a, a girl at the bar. Um, a networking environment does give you that confidence. Um, and I think always it's the other side is don't tell people who you are ask them who they are people love to talk about yeah. themselves it's definitely a you know that people like to broadcast far more than they like to receive so give them the opportunity um because it's funny you can allow someone to talk at you for half an hour and you'll hear them say to somebody else you know, had a really good chat with so-and-so no you had a very good broadcast to so-and-so but because he was a good listener you have a good feeling about them so it's yeah just be be the receiver yeah that's kind of uh that's my trick <laughs> so i've ne never really been that um talkative one so why i host a podcast who knows but i do well you ask the questions and i do all the talking that's nothing different that, that <laughs> that's the point <laughs> i'm giving you that chance for that uh that broadcast yeah. and something i well, noticed likewise, it's uh, not, not a place where i said comfortably i'm i'm I don't think I am a broadcaster. Um, a lot of what I sort of do is, you know, it's not about me. It might be about the brand of what I'm trying to promote, but it's, you know, you don't find me in the pictures at events, that sort of thing. It's only if somebody else happens to take one and put it somewhere. You'll very, very rarely find uh, <laughs> I, I put my face somewhere. That sounds like a challenge for everyone in the in your network to um, snap your phone, get your uh, picture snapped and put it all over social media. Oh, that'll lose them uh, followers in no time. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. So what's one of the biggest challenges you've had to face with the world of networking? Um, well, to to make it a revenue-creating business. That is the difference. Um, it's to make it and a constant challenge is to try and give value and hopefully worth to what we do. We ask people to be members, to subscribe, to pay to attend things. Um, we don't make margins on the events. So you know, people have paid 15 quid for a breakfast. It's pretty sure that it's close to that, that it's cost with venue and booking fees and all of that stuff um, to that figure. Um, so yeah, it's 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 you know convincing people that it's uh, it's good value and keeping them keeping them in the fold. What kind of impact did the uh, did the COVID era have on your business? Um, significant, I think. Well, we're just after ten years of having the brand under various business forums, um, sort of brands. Twenty twenty is when we is our tenth anniversary changed everything to the talk business um, brand and what we're looking to grow from that so we didn't have you know many months to actually get that underway um, so the whole COVID era we were well myself I think I'd been on two or three internet phone calls in my life um, and within months was hosting 10 12 14 events every week um, across yeah, everything from firstly Monday morning to last thing Friday afternoon. Um, different groups, different reasons, different themes. Um, but nearly, yeah, just hard, hard work, very tiring. Uh, we probably lost a third to a half of our membership um, over that period, paying membership. People were attending, but yeah, because um, the events were free online we never charged for anything online um sort of people seem to lose sort of sense that there was a value for the time so yeah it's been a i'm sort of looking at as a post-covid era of i'm in year two of a new business that's my sort of mental yeah. mindset is this is a new business and uh, creating letting it do things in a different way yeah i'd say that's a great way of look at it looking at it well, in the old pre-COVID days, we used to host less events, but bigger events where it was more the, you know, the cold calling lots of people in a room, go and see who you want to meet. Now we're very little on that and very heavily on sm smaller groups, more intimate environments um, from that side where it is far more conversation led that's what i sort of enjoy and uh, and that came from you know the covid online smaller groups meeting thinking this is what i i enjoy i like hearing what people have to say and not being the broadcaster so everybody's sort of part yeah. of the conversation yeah because when it's a it's a big group um you're limited to how many people you can meet and how many people you can connect with let alone build a good relationship with well, if you think of the events we used to host, our big breakfast events, you'd get 60 to 100 people in a room. They'd have an opportunity to meet over coffee and a quick breakfast and then would have to sit silently while they heard various speakers speak or panels discuss things. So they, and then afterwards, quickly 
see who else they could meet up with. Um, and those events have their place. Um, you know, we still run a monthly open to all type event, but have changed it slightly where there isn't that the bulk of the time is for people to meet and greet each other with a little bit of news and information in there. So again, change that so it becomes more, you know, what I say is we help people start the conversation. We make that trying to make the environment where people feel this is the environment for them to go and talk to a stranger and say hello. Yeah. One of the things I like about it compared to other networks is there isn't that high level of structure. Like you've got to be here by a certain time. You've got to sit down by a certain time. You've got to make so many referrals a month and you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And you've got to do that. So like, hang on a minute. I've got my own business to run. I don't want to run yours and pay ridiculous annual fees for the privilege. Um, yeah. I mean, some people, that's what drives them. Um, I've been in that sort of environment where it's made it work for me and, and it, it worked fine in, in the business I was in then. But now it is definitely, you know, even though we have you know, a number of groups which are all under the same framework, they all have a very different feel, culture, you know, almost. You, know, you can go to 10 different groups and feel, yes, this one definitely has its own identity. You're not just another number in a routine, you know, in a regime and in a sequence. So... When you're in a position where you need the services of somebody like, I don't know, say a photographer, you've got one in nearly every group. How do you pick which one to use without offending all the others? <laughs> uh, well, over the years, sort of, you use a lot of them or people realise you can't have everyone in the room. I mean, I've got an event coming up and spoke to one person who had recently said, I want to get more into event photography. And I said, well, I've got an event. Do you want to come and do some photography? Um, and that's where it happens. It's sort of of the moment. Um, but also, the I must admit, I'm, I don't use a lot of people's services, mainly because I'm a tiny business. I'm probably one of the smallest businesses in my own network um, that there is. So I, I don't really use a lot of the services but I do recommend and refer a lot of them. You said you met your wife in South Africa. How did you actually meet? Was it through a friend of a friend or? Um, yes, we were both in the same uh, church group. So I'd recently moved to Johannesburg and she'd come with her family from abroad and we'd ended up in the same um, sort of church group and it was obviously we were young people then and it's sort of a, a young people's you know typical South African thing so a barbecue together come around and chill relax weekend and that's sort of where we first met that was it yeah it might have been uh, a very different situation if there was online dating back then spoiled for choice I think a lot of these youngsters are yeah but I must have, it's, it's it's obviously a world I know nothing nothing <laughs> about. Uh, yet the few people I've known who have recently remarried after, you know, wives in both cases that I'm thinking of have died, were men in their seventies. Um, 
you know, meeting women equally, I think, similar ages from all that, I think. Um, but from you know, meeting online and starting relationships that way. So, you know, I don't know. I, I really can't get my head around uh, how that all works. Yeah. <laughs> Very um... much in the, well, suppose it's thinking back to how i grew up you just sort of go out and you do the things you do yeah i was, I was into sport i was in i was a college um you know i was had a number of girlfriends over the years and i mean most of them had come through probably yeah sports club connections rather than meeting someone in a bar and saying what's a nice girl like yeah. you doing and i don't like this <laughs> yeah i i don't think those lines actually work for many people but they it they're still around now so they must work for somebody i just haven't <laughs> met them <laughs> Funny enough, i used that phrase once um and to the the lady in question we actually became good friends never dated just became really good friends for a long time um it, it really was a dump so it was appropriate and she was a really nice lady and uh, yeah I don't think I have, come to think of it. I don't think I've ever used any lines. When I met um, Kathy, I know we, we laugh about it now, but I thought she was slightly stuck-up English girl, and she thought I was a very cocky South African. Um, and I think the, I don't know if it's just the South African sort of upbringing where you are quite cocky, but uh, it, we, uh, we went in, we went not friends we were also friendly because of the environment we were in but it was a while because between before we actually sort of became friends and then that led to romance so it was friends first but it did yeah uh, we were both new in our each environment and resorting to what made us brave in that situation i reckon <clears throat> yeah almost like a um internal self-defense mechanism or some kind of coping strategy i don't know <laughs> the phrase for it but whatever yeah <laughs> interesting i spoke to another couple who met in south africa and when i spoke to the wife and asked them how how she met how they met she says well the first time he came into my office he was arrogant he was obnoxious i hated him I couldn't wait for him to leave the office. And then at the end of that day, he turned around and said something along the lines of, uh, are we going to bonk or what? And she, she's like, no, goodbye. And then the next time uh, she saw him, she had this thing inside her that says, that's the man I'm going to marry. Wow. And they did. So what the difference in approach was between those two meetings, I do not know. I haven't found that out yet. Yeah, no, I haven't used that as a uh, chat-up line, I must admit. Yeah, well, whether he used those exact words or that was her inter interpretation, who knows? Good one. <laughs> Crazy things people tell me. Um, oh, I imagine in the roles you do, yeah. If there's one thing people need to know about building relationships, whether it's business or personal, what would that one thing be? Well, it goes back to being the receiver rather than the broadcaster. Um, I, I, I couldn't say that I was a particularly good, yeah, I wouldn't say I was an expert listener, but I do listen. Um, and also 
yeah, so look for opportunities to give someone a bit of a bit of support for themselves or their confidence for themselves. Um, yeah, I think it, yeah, being the receiver, you know, or being receptive rather than the receiver, being the receiver yeah. to sort of uh, listen to what people are saying. Um, I had a good phrase, which is sort of listen on purpose. Um, yeah. And a bit like when you read, you read on purpose, don't just read stuff, sort of think about what you're reading. And listen to if there's if there's one thing out of what someone said you can pick on respond and then they know that you've listened rather than you wait for them to finish speaking so that you can have an opportunity to have your say yeah i think it was peter roper i heard say this many many years ago and what it says uh, listening is the highest form of hospitality which initially i didn't really um get what he was talking about but over time it's that sort of developed within me and I found it to be so true and it goes back to what you said earlier that people want to broadcast and want to talk about themselves and they just want somebody to listen because so many people are too busy trying to get their own broadcast out that's the listening uh well if I do listen it's going to be um what's he saying so how can I respond to that or reply to that and how can I get my story out there because my story is more important yeah um I mean there are people who one meets and you learn to avoid later when it's it's almost a one-upmanship of you know you might be saying something and they go oh I've got something like that or you know, oh I've had a similar experience but more interesting better more you know whatever the thing is that sort of one-upping rather than having a conversation um my, my father was just say he loves a good argument where it was an argument people putting over their own opinions and you debate them and it's a proper argument no one gets cross no one gets upset it's the old sense of argument um nowadays people think an argument is a fight an argument is a challenging of ideas and that's a bit like uh, i suppose it's sometimes at our events you end up with a good discussion and people have opinions and they share opinions and it goes around and around the room and in the end people then have the confidence to get involved and and those work really well and then you feel it and everyone feels invigorated by that whatever the topic it doesn't have to be anything to yeah. do with business um just something that somebody said and off they go and everyone has an opinion on it um and that's great and you feel okay everyone's had a chance to listen um and that and that's nice and positive i think it's, that's a good you know in today's parlance good mental health stuff you know people have uh, put over an opinion it's been it listened to which was um, probably the biggest thing yeah yeah very much so and some question or something i keep hearing time and time again is um if somebody fancies someone at a business networking event <laughs> in a romantic way, Ooh. should they bring it up or should they keep it quiet and keep the business and the personal things completely separate? I observe because um, quite often I'm the facilitator in the room. I'm in a way not there for business, although it is my business and it's to get more people to be involved in the business. Um, I'm there to make sure people feel as though this has been a good experience for them. 
so I do observe what people are doing and you do see you know, the migrations of people to each other um, but also pick up comments where people might say things which you go oh I'm not sure you're the sort of person I want to have in the room you know where someone might comment on someone's dress clothing face physique whatever it is and you go hmm that's not quite what I want to have in the room <laughs> is that so, uh, is that a regular occurrence or no 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 very very rare um I can't I don't think we've ever spawned a, a marriage I've never had to buy a hat as it were <laughs> to go to a wedding so I don't think not that I've not that I can think of offhand anyway I don't think uh, we've had that happen as a result of what we've done maybe I've failed on that yeah for any one of your network is listening and would like to play half a part in making Jonathan buy a hat please reach out and I'll see, see who I can connect <laughs> I, mean, I mean on the relationship side and over the years you've just seen phenomenal you know instantly gone mind gone blank as to one specifically but you do to sort of pick up that relationships have happened people have met business things so you know, it's all the right positive things have come from being in the same room at that time um, yeah. and without having been told this is what you have to do and you have to work with that person because people won't no matter what they're told yeah. to do um, people will work with who they want to work with yeah very much so it's like so the old, the old um, it's like when we're children and your parent says don't do this or do this or do that well I just want to do what I want to do and I don't care what you say yeah we're just big children yeah no one there to give you a smack around the head no I've had one of those for a while I don't miss it <laughs> no I would probably suggest not starting that craze at uh, business networking events you will sit down and be quiet <laughs> the group dynamic usually manages situations and there's enough for mature people around I don't think we've ever yeah. really had difficult situations um I would yeah. think you'd remember if you did yeah I mean nothing which is you know horrific um in my other than like I said the odd person ogling or goggling where you know commenting inappropriately um but rare yeah it's not a not a regular thing at all Thankfully. yeah I would think the um people who aren't a good fit for a for a group like that um filter themselves out quite quickly yeah um I also try to be well proactive in having um balanced genders uh you know definitely try and getting more particularly women into the networking groups um because again that gives a nice balanced dynamic um a bunch of blokes in a room has a different dynamic to a balance it room. does um, the conversation completely changes and I haven't been to an all-women event but um again one understands and here's a that's a different dynamic um, yeah so it's uh you know we just started a next Friday I think is our first women's event um are you were uh, you attending that one I can't <laughs> and thankfully that's the reason um because again 
it was it was a debate do we do one um and the, the the format is very much how i like things to be done and it's and that was it to keep the you know the style and that is the conversation so it's a limited number 18 people one table one conversation um with q a and interaction so it's 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 definitely a business event um you know not not just sort of a, a girls get together or you know boys get together yeah so you've, yeah. you've got this ladies only event starting are yeah. you having a men only event at some point or um if if a man in the group says i'd like to do a men only event um we'd see what that would look like there are some about um yeah and happy to point people in that direction if that's where they feel they want to go and so yeah yeah because um well i had anthony asprey on recently and one yeah. of the th things he's he said the hardest thing is getting men in a room to talk women would be easy because they talk all the time but as men no but then if there's a purpose for it like going there to talk about business it's a lot easier yeah i've never gone to a men only thing that was that was promoted as men only um i don't know why that's uh maybe you should <laughs> i think that like anthony's ones i think i've been available at those times to go to them yeah um i think i'd be open to it so i know there was a um a, a charitable organization down near stroud and they do a men around the fire event so yeah and i again i think i quite like that idea where you sort of it's on a riverbank there lights fire in the middle you, you know like the old boy scout type thing you sit around the fire yeah. and chat i can see that being a fun evening just because i like the experience of that sort of thing but yeah maybe we should have a uh, men around a fire night somewhere you never know we could quite easily organize one but um you might want to wait till summer well that's don't think we've quite think got the, the weather for there. it well that's yeah as long as it's not raining <laughs> it's fine yeah yeah i'll do what the uh kiwis do when they have a barbecue and it rains just take the cars out put the barbecue in the garage job done nothing stops the barbecue <laughs> no. some things are just too important <laughs> absolutely yeah, they do barbecue our Christmas lunch. So um, sometimes that's been in the snow. Yeah, yeah. Barbecued Christmas dinner was uh, yeah. a weird one for me, especially having grown up in here in England and then being the other side of the world. Christmas Day, shorts, t-shirt, barbecue. Like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, no, it's nice. Well, we barbecue our Christmas lunch in the UK, so it's. Uh, yeah the main, yeah the main protein is cooked on the fire it's uh, it certainly give gives it a different flavor doesn't it keeps me out the house which is also a good thing <laughs> is that how she gets you to cook i want you to cook christmas dinner i only cook barbecues barbecue okay. christmas day sorted yeah freeze up the oven for everything else yeah good fun absolutely if anyone's listening to this and wanting to get involved in business networking and would like to le learn more about you how what's the best ways they could get in touch with you oh specifically about talk business and what what i'm doing 
I mean, if anyone in the world is watching uh, and taking notes, there is always a networking event happening near you at some point. Um, and nowadays, every style from casual meeting to formal rigid control thing. So that is available, I would imagine, globally. And you can find the one that find the sort of networking environment that suits you um, and try them all. Go, go to as many as you can. Um, for us, it's you know, just look up Talk Business UK, there's an agenda on a whole range of events from ones like we have tomorrow where it's open to all 50 people in the room, just meeting and not controlled at all. So everyone just chatting to who's at their table, moving around as they want, um, to groups where everyone in the room does a different job and they sort of protect their seat as it were. So uh, you won't find another accountant in your room if you're an accountant to the ones which I think I probably enjoy the most, and that's the sector-specific ones. So we do those for people in, you know, the most popular ones, people in the property sector that sort of covers an awful lot of things. Um, and people from all sorts of businesses go, actually, I do a lot of business with property companies. So it just gives them another reason for having a conversation um, and giving them an excuse to say what they do. Um, and the same with the creative sector, which is a very, probably quite a lonely sector. A lot of the people in that sector are freelancers. Um, if you think of all the photographers, videographers, graphic designers, yeah, all the people in that sector generally are like that, but they have to collaborate to do yeah. bigger jobs. And those also give a good environment for that. And you, know, you can have five photographers in a room getting on well and chatting about stuff they know um so yeah we i suppose we try and give people the space where they're the most comfortable excellent and, yeah find us yeah talk business uk uk. that's uh that's where it all is and i'll drop those down in the show notes as well so everyone can find it at the click of a button but also um for me i mean the, the biggest connector for me is you know, the uh, the linkedin channel um and regularly get inquiries this person's in your network can i connect can you connect me to them or questions along those lines um so yeah the whole thing is being being the useful person in the room or the helpful person in the room be it a virtual room or an actual room excellent so final question for you yeah as this podcast is called relationship revolutions if there was one thing that could bring a revolution to the world of dating and relationships what would that one thing be and there's no right or wrong answer so <laughs> having um well in the world of romantic relationships you know starting them or finding them there yeah, and haven't been out <laughs> looking for many many decades um oh what could be a revolution you've stumped me with your final question <laughs> that's why i don't prep anyone for it yeah i can't think of what to be a a revolutionary thing staying married <laughs> yeah well I've, I've found the first 39 years have been the hardest um i'll let you know after that uh, the 40th anniversary happens <laughs> and when is the 40th anniversary uh in a year so yeah we're coming up to 39 2024 is the year of the 40th excellent 
And do you still remember the date or do you need a reminder every year? No, I remember, well, we have two dates because in South Africa you had to get married in court first and then uh, at, at, you know, your church wedding, as it were, the next uh, another time. So we had ours one day after the other. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, 8th of the 9th. So it's an easier date to remember. Excellent. Surprising how many people can't remember that date. And on that note, it's been an honour and a pleasure having you on. Thank and, you. Um, I'm sure we will uh, connect again very shortly. Yeah, look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Relationship Revolutions podcast with Alan Watts, the love engineer. If you found this episode useful, please like, subscribe and share.